good to be back today, isn't it? It's nice to have something different, right? To kind of be thrown of your routine. But after a while, it's nice to be back in routine. I know Tayton's ready to go back to school, and uh, he's fired up, man. No? Oh, I'm sorry. That's what you said a while ago. You were ready to, you were ready to go? You didn't say that. Okay. I'm just making that up. I am just making that up. Um, and I, I, I remember when I was a teenager, when I was a kid, and, and we had some snow days, and Tennessee was kind of like here, not so much Massachusetts, but Tennessee was like here, where they would say, it might snow tomorrow, and then guess what? It's a snow day the next day, right? Whether it snowed or not. And so uh, I always wanted like a week off. We, I never got it when I was a kid. We'd get a couple days, except what, one year we had that ice storm. Was it 94? I can't remember. Something like that. Um, but as an adult, I kind of like routine. I kind of like a couple days of, of, you know, of snow and ice, but man, I'm ready to get back. I'm ready to do it, man. You'll, you'll figure it out. <laughs> We're going to be in Nehemiah today, chapter 7, and uh, you'll see in Nehemiah chapter 7, you're, you're probably thinking to yourself, how is Toby going to preach verses 5 all the way through the rest of the chapter? anybody thought that far ahead yet? You're looking, at, you're looking ahead and you're thinking, well, this is going to be interesting. Uh, we all know that Brother Toby has a hard time with some of those Hebrew names. But by the way, I call them by the first letter sometimes, or I abbreviate them, or, you know, something like that. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to do chapter 7, 1 through 4 today, and then I'm going to trust that you'll read the rest of the chapter at home, and then we'll pick up. After all the names. Does that sound agreeable to y'all? Alright, because I don't know that y'all want to hear a sermon on all those names. I, I, I could probably figure one out. Right? The Lord, Lord could give me something, I guess, on that. But if, we, if you're okay with that, I'm, we'll, we'll read that on our own. And then we'll come back. And then we'll pick up with chapter 8. Is that alright, Mom Betty? She's alright with it. Alright, so she speaks for you all. So we're good. We'll, do, we'll start on after all the names. Uh, next week. So if you would, stand with me in the honor of reading of God's Word, uh, if you can. Nehemiah chapter 7, verses 1 through 4. And then when we, when we finish and, and we pray, you can find the outline uh, in your bulletin. Nehemiah chapter 7, verses 1 through 4 says, Then it was when the wall was built and I had hung the doors, when the gatekeepers, the singers, and the Levites had been appointed that I gave the charge of Jerusalem to my brother Hananiah, and Hananiah, the leader of the citadel, for he was a faithful man and feared God more than many. And I said to them, do not let the gates of Jerusalem be opened until the sun is hot, and while they stand guard, let them shut and bar the doors and appoint guards from among the inhabitants of Jerusalem, one at his watch station and another in front of his own house. Now the city was large and spacious, but the people in it were few, and the houses were not rebuilt. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for all the lessons we've learned from the book of Nehemiah. We're we're thankful to see that uh, that Nehemiah was uh, persevered through many trials and, and difficulties from his own people and from folks on the outside who desired to see him harm. We were thankful for his leadership. Father, today as we look at the importance of godly leadership, we pray that we might uh, look at our own lives and see where you uh, give us 
given us a charge over, over something, uh, whether, whether it's even in the church or maybe we're volunteering somewhere, but we have some kind of charge over something. Father, we pray that we might look to your word to see what it says about how we can uh, order our lives and uh, be faithful to the leadership that you've appointed us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. And as I alluded to in, in the prayer, whether we like it or not, we're all, we're all leaders in some aspect or not. Uh, and there, there's some of us who will be quick to say, well, I'm not a leader. I don't lead. You know, in fact, if I have a choice, I will get to the very back. Uh, what's, the, what's the favorite place for a Baptist to sit? In the back. I can still see you. Right? If it's if like we're trying to hide Jane, I can see you. Okay? Uh, I don't know what it is, but we, we always want the back. Even at the movie theater, when I was a teenager, I wanted the back. Now I want like the middle or where I can see. Right? Mama Betty's got it going on. She's, she's sitting up front. She can see me. She can hear, but we want the back. If she had her druthers, I think she'd be in the back with Ken and Teresa. Right? Because she's a good Baptist, and that's what we want to do. And so we would say, I'm not a leader. I want to get, I want to get kind of out of that. I want to get kind of far from this. And whenever we say, hey, we need this, right, what do we do? We say, well, if no one else wants to do it, right? Uh, or if you, if you have to have me, I'll do it. But how many among us go like this? I'll do that, right? Here's one for you. I met last Wednesday with a gentleman um, from HR Ministries. We helped out with the, um, what was it called? The Soul Quest, the Eclipse Ministry. And so uh, he presented an opportunity for our association. There is no, uh, best of my knowledge, there's no jail ministry for the, uh, the men at Hopkins County Jail. Correct me? Am I wrong? There's sort of. Okay. There's sort of something. Okay. But what he has is a, is a program called Malachi Dads. And what it is is a 16-week program. It's an ongoing thing because these guys come and go. And so most of the time they make it through the 16 weeks. But they found in the jails that they've been in, I think they're in four or five or six jails, they found that there's, I can't remember what it's called, um, the, the rate of people that come back. Was it retrition rate? Or I, I, I don't know. I should, have, I should have got that word, whatever. But if these guys go through this ministry and this Bible study, there's a 75% chance that they won't come back, which is pretty high, right? So what I'm supposed to do is I'm supposed to go to the church and say, church, because I can't do it. I, I just, I can't physically do it. I've got too much going. So church, how many of you men would love to go to the jail on Tuesday night for two hours, Right? And then we get this response right here, where we just kind of like, eh, whatever. So what I have to do then is I have to go and ask people. I have to spend time going to one-on-one. So let me encourage you today, if this is something that, if you're not doing any kind of extra ministry and you say, you know what, I'd love to give up two hours out of my week, seven to nine o'clock, says he's seen in the last year among all the jail ministry they were doing, I think 800 salvations. So if you're looking for a place to go and, and practice, share the gospel, guys, this is a wonderful opportunity. And they're looking for six to eight people from our association to go. So you're not going alone. You're going as a team. So if you're sick or you're going on vacation, it, it still happens, right? 
But whether you do the Malachi dads or not, you're still in a place of leadership. People look to you, right? And when we look at Nehemiah, we see an, a wonderful precepts. We see wonderful truths. We see wonderful characteristics of a godly leader. So you'll see in your outline, the first one we'll look at today is in verse 1. Godly leaders appoint the right leadership. Godly leaders appoint the right leadership. Now, if, if we had a gentleman here in our congregation who just got out of jail, they were struggling with some kind of an addiction problem and their home wasn't stable, would they be a good candidate to go and do this Malachi Dad's ministry? No, they wouldn't, would they? It's okay to say to somebody, no, you don't need to do this. And that's okay, and we probably should do a little more of that in our churches, to vet people just a little bit more. To say, you know what, let's, let's let you work on this thing in your life. And I want to help you. Right? I don't want to just say no to you and just kind of put you off. But I want to say no to you in that this is not the time for that. Maybe God is readying you for this ministry later, but you need to work on this. Godly leaders appoint the right leaders. And this is why sometimes we have positions in our churches that are just unfilled. It's not out of not trying but wouldn't you rather have not have any leader over something and maybe say, you know what, let's don't do this for a little bit than just put somebody in there. What happens when we just put people in there? What do we get? It's bad, isn't it? Right? They just kind of show up. And then you have that leader to follow. And that's not good at all. Godly leaders appoint the right leadership. Look in verse 1 with me. Then it was when the wall was built and I hung the doors, when the gatekeepers, the singers, and the Levites had been appointed. And we'll stop right there. The right leaders, you'll see in your outline, are appropriate leaders. These are appropriate leaders. Check out how appropriate this was right here. This was something that was normal for them. They appointed gatekeepers. They knew this, right? They would say, okay, we would expect this. They appointed singers. Okay? They appointed Levites to take care of the, the temp temple duties. This was a normal thing. Kind of like when we do our, our nominating committee in the late summer and we bring that before the church. It's, that's normal, right? In late summer, we start saying, okay, who's going to be on the nominating committee? And then we get this right here. Right? Oh, here he comes. Here comes a couple. Right? But that's normal. Okay? The right leaders are appropriate leaders. Appropriate leaders are appropriate for their setting. They're appropriate for their setting. You might be a really good leader at Bible study. You might be a wonderful teacher. You might be a wonderful explaining the scriptures. But you might not be the person who needs to take the lead for that evangelism project. Right? You might need to say, hey, I, I can do this, but I don't need to do this. You might serve really well in big city church and then have trouble relating in a, in a different style church. One of the things that we saw when we were in, in, um, in the house church, when we were doing house church in Kansas City, is that the folks that were coming out of big church uh, and, and starting to do house church, the biggest problem that they had, that they had to get over, was getting over their mad. Because they were usually mad about something is the reason why they were coming out. It's the reason why we leave church. 
right? We leave church and we go somewhere else because we're mad. It's not because we live closer or we, we find this worship a little better. Somebody, somebody made us mad, and we just leave instead of dealing with it, right? And I would straight up tell those folks. They would say, hey, what do I need to do? And I'd say the first thing that you need to do is get right with your previous church because what you're going to do at this new setting is all you're going to do is talk about you're going to badmouth that, that last setting. And then all the folks that come in to your church are going to hear about how terrible this is. Hey, it wasn't for you, right? For somebody else, it's fine. But it just wasn't for you. You've got to get over that. You've got you to work on that. So sometimes our current setting, we've got to look at. Appropriate leaders know which jobs need to be filled and which ones can wait. And guys, that's hard. As your pastor, there'll be people that come to me and say, Brother Toby, we need this. Yeah, we, we kind of do need that, but not right now. We, we need to take care of this right now. Yeah, but you don't know the rest of the story, and I can't tell you, right? Appropriate leaders know that kind of stuff. Now, sometimes the leadership just kind of like shirks that kind of stuff and says, you know, let's just kick the can on down the road, kind of like we're seeing right now uh, in, our, in our government of environment. The right leaders are timely leaders. The right leaders are timely leaders. They serve out of necessity, right? They know what needs to be done. They know what's, what, what the needs are, and they serve those needs. They serve out of necessity. They were appointed or they were assigned, and we see these, these gatekeepers, these singers, these Levites, they were all assigned for a time to take care of whatever needed to be done. And that's how we operate here in our churches sometimes. How many of us would love to say, you know what, I want to do the nursery ministry? Just what I thought. Right? We got no hands to say, I want to do that. I feel led to do We need nursery ministry, don't we, Jamie? Right? Your, your one was getting a little, he was like, if I don't get down there and get some Cheerios in my stomach, I'm going to lose it. Right? But we need those folks. Who wants to go door to door and hand somebody a red book? I mean, how many of y'all wake up in the morning and say, I just can't wait to go halfway across the county, 40 minutes away, and knock on some dude's door that I don't know if he's got a gun or not? Besides me, anybody? No? But we, ha- we, we need to do that. We've got to saturate our county. We made a commitment, did we not? Right? And so sometimes we say, this is necessary. I'm going to do this for a little bit. We had a few years ago, we had a trouble filling a slot that we, that we had. Uh, Linda did it. And I said, hey, Linda, can you help us out? We need somebody helping downstairs just for six months. And she said, for six months, I'll do it. Six months. And then I forgot. And she came to me and said, Toby, I have six months. You're right. It's six months. Let me find somebody new. Sometimes that's all we need. There's a necessity. And let's do that. And it's not out of what we want. Is to serve the kingdom of God. Sometimes it's out of necessity. The right leaders are selfless leaders. And we're not thinking about what we want. The leadership, if, if I were to say, what do I want and how do I get it? What would I be doing? I'd be manipulating, wouldn't I? And some pastors and churches do this. They'll do some kind of a manipulation to figure out how to get what they need in order to get what they want so they can see the ministry go their direction. Right? And guys, this is not scriptural. The right leaders are selfless leaders. They want to say, what is best for the body of Christ? What do we need right now? And it might not look like what we had yesterday or 10 years ago 
or 20 years ago, but what do we need right now? Selfless leaders. Guys, they're not in it for themselves. Not in it for themselves. When's the last time you thanked your Sunday school teacher for getting that Sunday school lesson ready? For putting the posters up on the wall? Right? For contacting you when you missed the last three weeks. Hey, are you okay? Is everything all right? We're just checking on you. Here's the prayer request that we had. Thank your Sunday school teacher. Right? When's the last time we thanked our musicians? Hey, you guys are up there every single week. Sometimes you don't feel good. Y'all are up there. Thank you for doing that. Man, if we didn't have you guys, what would we be doing? Man, I'd be over here and Corey Hendricks would be on that one. And we'd just be pounding out whatever. Jamie thought that was funny. But you think I can't play? I would give it an honest try. I, guys, I can't even do chopsticks, right? It's bad. Verse, verse 2, we'll look at our second uh, main truth here. The right leaders provide strength. The right leaders provide strength. That I gave charge of, the, of Jerusalem to my brother Hananiah, and, and Hananiah, the leader of the citadel, for he was a faithful man and feared God more than many. Strong leaders are required in trying times. Man, when times are tough, it is not the time to go and get the guy who says and does what you want to hear. And we all say that, right? We need change. We want change. We want to, we want to go forward, right, Barbara? We, we were here, and it's not good. We want to go here. But whenever we get that, we kind of struggle, right? Just think about it in our church lives. Preacher's stepping on our toes. We're not used to doing that. Um, I don't like this. You think of whatever else that we say, right? Strong leaders are required in strong times. And as Nehemiah saw, sometimes you're going to get kicked in the face. Sometimes you're going to have opposition from within the group, as Nehemiah had. And we have that sometimes in our churches. And a strong leadership would say, you know what, I hear you, but we're just not doing that right now. It's not that I hate you or I don't love you. It's just that we're not doing that right now. Um, and that's okay. Sunday school teacher, evangelism leader, discipleship leader. It's okay to, the, to say to the person that you're, that you're dealing with in class, your student, the person whom you're discipling, hey, I see that you're doing this and you're learning. Can I, can I show you what the Scripture says? To be strong rather than say, I don't want to hurt their feelings. We do that, don't we? We do everything we can not to hurt someone's feelings. When it takes a strong leader to say, you know what, I, I'm, it's not that I don't love you, it's not that I'm trying to be ugly, but here's what Scripture says, and since we're desiring to follow more under what it says, let me lead you. Let me show you what this says. And guys, there's going to be time where people don't accept that. They're going to get mad, and they're going to leave. And that's okay. We want to love on them. We want to go after them. We want to share the gospel with them. But that's okay, because sometimes that happens. Strong leaders know when to challenge and when to protect. Strong leaders know when to challenge and when to protect. Now, Hananiah was given the charge of the citadel. And the citadel was this fortress that whenever they, basically when they would get overrun or when there would be something bad happen, it was kind of like their, their go-to place. And so having charge of this basically said, you know what, you've got charge of the security of this place. So Hananiah, when things were going good, he would say, you know what, this wall needs to be shored up over here. We don't think we're going to be attacked tomorrow, but we need to take care of that. 
Uh, you guys, we, we've got the, this, I don't know, a spear company, right? And they're doing their thing. Um, you, you need to sharpen those things. Uh, let's, let's get our tactics down, right? They're not coming tomorrow, but let's go ahead and get that down. If they are coming tomorrow, here's what we need to do. Listen to me. I am in charge. I love you. I want to protect you. One by one, we're going to go through the door. No screaming. No yelling, right? We're going to close the doors, and we're going to protect one another. Right? That's why when we say we, if we have an issue in the church, right? don't everybody just jump up and lose their mind. Right? Calm down. One by one, let's take care of this. Sometimes we need to challenge folks. Sometimes strong leaders need to say, you know what, guys? We've been comfy for too long. And it's time we step out of our comfort zone just a little bit. And I know I'm going to push on you. I'm going to be that bulldog, right? I'm going to be that dog. I'm going to nip at you just a little bit. I don't want to hurt you, but I'm going to nip at you just a little bit. I want to encourage you because I love you, because I see where we are right here. And I know we can just do a little bit more. And then there's times where we can say, and my, one of my pastor brothers said to me, he said, you know what? I pushed my church hard last year, and I know it's time for me not to do that this year. I've got to back up, and I've got to let them lick their wounds just a little bit, and then we're going to kind of pick on what was really good and do those things, right? And there's a time for that, to say, okay, church, you guys did really good last year. Let's slow down just a little bit, right? Let's just grow in this other area. Strong leaders know when to do that. Verse 3, strong leaders make good decisions. Strong leaders make good decisions. Now, let me give a caveat with that. Do strong leaders always make good decisions? No. But if you're afraid of making a bad decision, you are going to be a bad leader. It's okay if your leader makes a bad decision every now and then. Right? They're allowed that. Are we all allowed a bad decision? Amen, Brother Toby. That's right. Oh, yeah. I see that hand. We are. Right? A super bad decision would be to make no decisions because you're afraid of making a bad decision. God has given us the ability to lead in certain areas, and if we make a bad decision, it's okay. Just say, hey, Norman, I made a bad decision. Everybody don't do what I said last week, right? That was a bad idea, okay? We're going to go and do something else. You all forgive me? Yep, we forgive you, Brother Toby. We're, you know, we're right behind you. I hear you. I see that hand. Amen. All right. This is being recorded, so the folks who are listening, they don't know. Right? I can say that. I, can, I see that hand. I'm going to get Luke to, like, throw in an amen noise. He can just, like, amen, and then people will be listening. They'll be like, <laughs> there it is on the screen. They'll be like, oh, my goodness, that place is full, and those folks are, hallelujah, amen, there it is. All right. So I'll, I'll cue Luke, and then y'all, y'all have to say it, though, when it comes up, and they won't know any different as long as they don't listen to this Recording right here. <laughs> I've never been good at being sneaky. Strong leaders make good decisions. I said to them, do not let the gates of Jerusalem be opened until the sun is hot. That's a little odd, right? Did y'all, when y'all, first time y'all read that, did you say, wait a minute, didn't they open the gates like in the morning? And while they stand guard, let them shut and bar the doors and appoint guards from among the inhabitants of Jerusalem. One to watch his station and another in front of his own house. Sometimes good isn't normal. 
right? This wouldn't be normal for them to say, okay, you can open the gates when the sun is hot. That's like midday, right? When the sun's right up over the house. You know what Nehemiah was doing? He was anticipating an early morning attack. He was saying, they're going to get us as soon as we open the gates and we're ready to go, and our folks are still in their PJs, drinking coffee, eating a donut, right? They're, they're reading the Madisonville Messenger. See, that's how long it's been since I've gotten it. They're, they're, they're doing Surf Kentucky, hop, click on Hopkins so they can see what's up, right? And then they're like, oh my goodness, I'm in my PJs and they're attacking me. Nehemiah said, hey, you know what? I know, I know that's what's going to happen. So guys, don't open the gates until the sun's hot. We're going to put some folks there. We're going to bar them. And you know what? We're going to bring some extra people in to guard it. And you know what? You're going to, somebody's going to stand outside your house. There is seriously something might happen. Okay? Let's, let's get ready. How many of y'all saw my Facebook post on Concord's page last week about the guy who was arrested and charged outside the abortion clinic, I'm sorry, the abortion mill, um, reading scripture. It's in Iowa. He was reading scripture out in front of the abortion mill, and uh, the police came and charged him with disorderly conduct and loud something or another, and uh, he went before a trial. He had a trial. They were five or six women and one man, and he was... Um, found guilty of reading scripture out in front of an abortion mill. No microphone. As far as I know, the law says that they have to have some kind of calibration device to say he's louder than whatever decibels. Right? They found him guilty. Guys, this is the new normal with our society. I told Christy when I saw that, I said, man, I hope that other people go and stand in front of that abortion mill and read Scripture and get arrested. And then just read Scripture and get arrested. And then after a while, you just stand in front and don't read it. Read it aloud. Just read it to yourselves and then see what happens. Push on them. Push on them. Push on them. Who says that we can't go and read Scripture somewhere when someone else can go and do whatever read, right? Read whatever. Sometimes good isn't normal. That's not normal. We wouldn't see that as normal. Right? Back in the 40s and 50s and 60s, normal was segregation, wasn't it? We had Martin Luther King Day last, was it last Monday? Think of the courage of those folks who stood up against those laws and said, this isn't right. We can drink out of that water fountain. That's ridiculous. We can go into this restaurant. Right? I can sit wherever I want on the bus. I don't have to give up my seat to someone who has a different color. Are you kidding me? When is it going to be when us Christians stand up and say, okay, the new normal is this. And I don't want to be disrespectful to the law, and I don't want to like incite trouble, but I want to be able to exercise the rights that I've been given by our government and by God. Sometimes good isn't normal. The next point you'll see in your outline is sometimes good decisions require working outside your norm. This is where we struggle right here, isn't it? I always sit here. This is my parking spot. Y'all ever heard somebody get upset about getting your parking spot? My first day at work at the grocery store in Kansas City, I parked in this spot. I didn't know they had parking spots. 
And I went in, and some guy said, hey, I, somebody, somebody got my spot. And I said, I'm sorry, I think that was me. I didn't know we had, like, spots. What's, what's my spot? And he said, oh, we don't have spots, but that's mine. Oh, I got you. All right. I'm a Christian. I'm familiar with that, right? I've sat in someone's seat before. Uh, you guys know that I went and preached at a church in West West Kentucky one time, and I sat down, and this lady said, I was preaching. And she said, I'm sorry, you're in my seat. And I said, oh, okay, all right, my bad. So I got up and moved, and then guess what I did? I got up and preached, and then she went like this. Oh, I done told the preacher he had my seat. How embarrassing is that, right? But we all think we have a norm that nobody can violate. And it's okay to say, you know what, this is outside the norm. I'm not comfortable with this, but let me give it a try. Let me try this. Let me go with somebody who's done it before and get this done. I've not taught a Sunday school class before. They're asking me to do this in, I don't know, July or or August. Let me go and hang out in a class that has a good, solid teacher and see what they do. I've never evangelized like this before. Let, Let me go and try it. Let me see about this, right? I'm not used to eating salad. Let me try it out. Oh, it didn't kill me, right? And I can put all kind of fat stuff on it, make it even better. I love salad, Peyton. It's, it was delicious. These inhabitants, they weren't used to taking guard duty, right? They weren't used to open the door at noontime. They weren't used to bolting the doors and all this kind of stuff. But you know what? Necessity says it's time to change a little bit. Guys, that translates to our church life. And good leaders see the writing on the wall. And not only do they see the writing on the wall, but they can see it a little bit ahead. There's a wonderful book by Robert Dale from 1981. Rodman Holman put it out. It's called To Dream Again. And a church will plateau and decline when that church has not dreamed again. When they get to the top and they say, we've made it, they're not going to make it. On the way up, The church needs to say, where are we? How are we going to get here? And what is the next dream? If all we're living for is that goal to go on that mission trip to New Mexico in June, what happens when it gets here and it's gone? Right? How long is it going to be before we get another one? Good leaders see the writing on the wall and say, okay, here's where we are and here's where we need to be. You guys didn't know I set you up last year. You probably did because pretty much everything I do sets you up. When we did that 2017 in 2017, that wasn't just to share the gospel. That was to set you up for this year to say, hey, that wasn't that bad. We can do that. And now we can be challenged to share one-on-one. We'd have had a hard time if I just said, I'd need 100 100 one-on-ones. You guys would have went, wait a minute, we can't do that. But now you saw, wait a minute, we did 2,000 and, we did 3,100 and something last year, a gospel conversation. And you saw that handing a red book to somebody wasn't that hard. So you saw, wait a minute, people are open and receptive. As we close this morning, I want to encourage you, those of you who have some type of leadership, are you providing strength for those you lead? You all right? Christy was looking at me like something was missing. Nothing's missing, okay. Are you providing strength for, for those you lead? Do, when we lead, do we just kind of do what we do? Or do we challenge folks as we lead? Are we challenging our Sunday school class? As a church, are we feeling challenged in various areas? Are you giving people the opportunity to grow? This is why I always tell you, hey, there's this growth opportunity. There's this class 
there's this thing that I want you to come with me on, right? Opportunities to grow. Do you share the resources that you find? Say, I, I read this really good book. You need to check it out. Here's this website. Check out this YouTube video. It's really good. I sent Tyler one last week, didn't I, from Bill Fay, and asked him to check it out again for, from, for some evangelism strategies. How's your decision making? If you lead a Sunday school class and you, and you teach or you study like five minutes before you teach, right? How's our decision making? Last minute? Is it hurried? Are we spending time to make the decisions that help others grow? Do we spend most of our time leading in the norm or out of habit? There needs to be some normal because we as human crave that. But are we, are we pushing folks out of the habit just a little bit? During my time of invitation, I want to encourage you, if you're in any type of leadership today, to take your cues from God's Word and lead according to what it says and not according to what we've always done or what the Sunday school book tells you to do, but what God's Word says. Times are different. Different times of year, different different people. We need to take those cues and take God's Word and get our principles from those. Maybe you're here today and you've never received Christ as your Lord and Savior. One of the things that just tears me up is that when we speak of Jesus and we speak of salvation, we do so in such a way that it's just kind of like, well, you need to really receive Christ. The gospel is this. You need to repent of your sins and believe on Christ and confess Him as Lord, and that's all you need to do. How exciting is that? How believable is that? I want you guys to listen to this closing invitation from Charles Spurgeon. I'll try to put some inflection in it and hear the passion that he had in his sermon, in his closing invitation. And I want to think about this as your invitation, okay? Spurgeon says, There are some of you standing in these aisles and sitting in these pews whom I feel in my soul will never have another invitation. Now, how about that? And if this is rejected today, I feel a solemn motion in my soul. I think it is of the Holy Spirit that if you never hear another faithful sermon, but you shall go down to hell impenitent, unsaved, unless you trust in Christ now. I speak not as a man, but I speak as God's ambassador to your souls. And I command you, in God's name, trust Jesus. Trust Him now. At your peril, reject the voice that speaks from heaven. For he that believes shall not be damned. How shall you escape if you neglect so great a salvation? When it comes right home to you, when it thrusts itself in your way, oh, if you will neglect it, how will you escape? With tears I would invite you. And if I could, I would compel you to come in. Why will you not? Oh souls, if you will be damned, if you will make up your mind that no mercy shall ever woo you, and no warning shall ever move you, then sirs, what chains of vengeance must you feel that slight these bonds of love? You have deserved the deepest hell, for you slight the joys above. God save you. He will save you if you trust in Jesus. God help you to trust in Him even now for Jesus' sake. Amen. Is that not a passion plea 
to those in our congregation and those who were in the tabernacle church who did not know Jesus. If this is you today, come to Christ. Come to Christ and be saved. There is no other name that you'll be saved but by Jesus Christ. As our musicians come and as I close in prayer, you come, repent of your sins, and come to Christ. Father, we love you. I thank you for this time. I thank you for your word today. Lord, we pray that we might recognize that you provide the the leadership that we need. You provide the principles and character that, that we so desire as we lead others. Father, I pray today for those who maybe here who have not received you as, as Lord and Savior. Father, I pray that they would re, uh, turn from their evil, wicked ways and repent of their sin, cry out to you that you might save them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.